This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. You can like us on, also, oh my god, you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer. Um... Yeah, so today is a special episode. Well, every episode special. Tiny, it is. wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Good. Um, and how are you today? I'm all right. I'm, I got over being sick for two weeks. So. Oh, yeah. That, we didn't. So, uh, peek behind the curtain, we <clears throat> have been talking for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, some of that is on Patreon, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. We did not talk anything about your strep throat stuff. I had strep throat, guys. That sucks. It was bad. I've. I don't think I've ever had it. Really? I hope you don't um, get it. I had it yeah. several times as a kid. My brother used to get it like every year when we were kids. Oh, jeez. Um, but like I hadn't had it since I was a kid and like I guess it's worse when you're an adult because like it, it was like swallowing razor blades. God, I it hate was, that. It was so bad. The actual act of swallowing razor blades. I hate <laughs> yeah, it. it's rough. Um, <laughs> no, that I get. Ugh, ugh, yeah. That's rough. Um, but I feel much better now. So no, that's good. Yeah, you seem better. Yeah, that's why I didn't ask. Not because I'm an insensitive dick, <laughs> but because uh, you just seem like you're at 100. percent So yeah, that and then me being on call took like three weeks away from us recording. I mean, right? Like three times in a row. Yes. So it was... yeah, this is our third episode of Obsessive Viewer that's released just in general this year. Jeez. And it's February 18th. Right. That we're recording this. Yeah. But I mean, those other two episodes are pretty some hefty lengthy. ones yeah yeah which that rem- i'm so glad that we brought that up because we're gonna do an extended potpourri episode today and it's gonna be nice because we haven't done one of those properly <laughs> since like episode 301 i think but yeah so it, that's gonna be fun but i do want us to talk about the oscars because the last episode of obsessed viewer was <clears throat> with ben yeah talking about the oscar nominations and everything so Tiny, we live tweeted the Oscars again. I almost didn't, but I did. Um, <laughs> and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Hashtag obsessive Oscars. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel about the ceremony and about the winners and everything? Uh, the ceremony was fine. I, I, I think the lack of host is dumb. I, mm-hmm. I think it, it really misses. I, I miss a host, even if it's not somebody I'm particularly thrilled about. Right. Um, I think they need to, I think they need to have a host. So the ceremony was whatever. Um, but, the results, um, I was really happy with, like the, uh, mm-hmm. the acting, uh, Oscars. I wasn't like overly thrilled. Um, right. I mean, like, like Laura Dern's one of my favorite actresses and so I'm super happy for her and mm-hmm. I, I loved that. But there, I mean, she wasn't really my choice oh, okay. for that category. And Brad Pitt, same way. He's, man, he's had such an amazing career. Yeah. So awesome to see him win an Oscar. I, probably the best, one of the best speeches of the night too. Mm-hmm. I love oh, this speech too. I still, like this is February 18th. It was what, February 3rd or 2nd uh-huh. or, some, or 9th, February 9th. Yeah. Um, it's been over a week and I'm just like, 
like I, I still think about like the, like his speech, like just the way that he said something like like once upon a time in Hollywood, ain't that the truth or whatever? Yeah, like so sincere and like so like. <clears throat> I I know he's an actor, but like I was, yeah. like I felt that I was like I I'm so happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then so many of the other wins, I was just so so thrilled with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't think 1917, which was my number one movie of the year, mm-hmm. I didn't think it stood much of a chance to win much, really. Sure. Um, but it ended up winning three. I think three Oscars and that cinematography, cinematography, sound mixing. I mm-hmm. think, and then I can't even remember what else, but. You know, and I, I, in in our end of the year episode, I talked about how technically impressive the film mm-hmm. was, and it won three technical Oscars, yeah. which is that's that's what I wanted it to oh, win. Yeah. You know, I don't, I never had any dreams that Sam Mendes was going to win or that he was going to win Best right. Picture or any of that, and and that's fine. I don't even know if it was the Best Picture of the year. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine, um, but I was just so happy that you know that's an Oscar winning movie, and mm-hmm. it's it won three technical. That's perfect. Yeah, and then like I was just so freaking happy for Parasite Me and Bong Bo- we- Joon Ho. You know, oh, just yeah. so happy for them and that movie. Absolutely. And yeah. Can I? Can I maybe blow your mind about 1917 <clears throat> for just a second? Okay. I can't corroborate this because I haven't done my due diligence, but I heard on another podcast. Uh, do you want to guess? How long the longest like single take is in that movie? Ooh, like in terms of runtime of the longest take, I want to say maybe like twelve minutes, fifteen minutes. Apparently, tiny, and this is gonna <laughs> blow my mind. Gonna, yeah, apparently, I think the longest take from what I've heard is about three and a half minutes. Really? Yeah, and like Holy the, shit. like they just did it so they did the digital like. <clears throat> That's that mind just, blowing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which, wow. Because I thought I was lowballing. I figured it was like uh, twenty minutes or yeah. something like that. Because uh, it 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 flows so well. That's unbelievable. Um. And like. And I saw it in the theater with Kirsten. I think Kirsten in a couple weeks. She and I are going to talk about it. Um. But like this was that was like my third or fourth time watching the movie, mm-hmm. and like it was the one time that I picked out like oh ooh, there is a very bad like like cut. Oh really? Yeah, okay. and it's it's at the end right before um right before the last like major actor is introduced. Okay. Um and it's like as like people are passing by one of the characters like it's like like the frame the frame jumps to where the guy that's passing by him like in frame like in frame this guy is passing by him and then he like cuts to like like a few inches next to him, like in one seamless thing. So gotcha. Okay. It's it's a one jarring cut. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Bong Joon Ho and Parasite. Just, I'm still ecstatic about that. Me too. I like. I don't know that I believed it would ever happen. Like, I know. I was. Yeah. I was so like proud of the Academy. Yeah. Me too. For being so cool with basically. air quotes as you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was really, cause I was just so sure they were either going to like, like suck up to like the Hollywood movie, which was, mm-hmm. you know, once upon a time in Hollywood or just, I don't know, go some super predictable route or yeah. something like that. But like, it, it really came so, out of left field. So many, like, I don't know if I, it might be a little reductive to call them safe bets, but like. I mean, okay, if they gave it to Ford v. Ferrari, that's the safe movie for Best Picture. If they gave it to even 1917, while it is a technical marvel and is a very good, strong, great movie, it's also like, okay, it's a war movie. Right. It checks that box and Mm -hmm. everything. 
Um, and also with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though it's very unique and everything, it's also like, okay, Hollywood. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, yeah. What did you think of Joker getting shut out pretty much except for score and actor? An actor. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I liked that movie. I, I, I genuinely yeah. liked that movie, but I, I just wasn't, I wasn't all over it for awards. Yeah. Really. I, and I liked it too. And I feel like I've been a little hard on it. Yeah. Um, even though like I, like I, I spoke highly of it both on the Patreon feed and in the Patreon video feed. And, uh, on the podcast, but, but I don't know. I, I, something about it just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. And it's something I, I've been saying this, but I need to revisit it and rewatch it and everything. I do think Joaquin Phoenix, um, uh, definitely deserved that. He did I a agree. great job. Again, he wasn't my choice, but yeah, he was great. Yep. Yeah. And I'm very ashamed to say this, but, uh, <sighs> people were talking about like, it's just insane. Like he, the two actors have won oscars for playing the same character right um maybe the first time that's ever happened yeah maybe i, um, I don't know but like when people said that I was like i don't know why maybe because it was posthumous but i kept thinking like jack nicholson won <laughs> um, <laughs> jack nicholson won for batman <laughs> the tim burton batman i just i for some reason i'd completely forgotten about heath ledger getting the posthumous oscar wow so yeah but yeah, Parasite, so happy. Yeah. Um, so thrilled. <laughs> Did you see the picture of, uh, where Bog Jun Ho was holding his two Oscars together, making yes. them kiss? I just love the look <laughs> on his so face. Great. He's just like, this is what's supposed to happen yep. right now. Like, yep. just, I God, think, that's so funny. I think Kirsten made that her cover. Photo. I think that, yeah, that's the first yeah. time I saw it. I just yeah. laughed so hard. So perfect. That was great. Um, God, I love, I, I'm, and every time he was on stage, I was just like, I want to hang out with him. Like, yeah. he just seems like just a, a blast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really good. And just super classy across the board, oh, totally. too. Like, you know. There was, yeah. There's, <laughs> there was a lot of funny, uh, tweets surrounding yeah. everything, but like, like, tw- film Twitter likes to shit on Joker, which is one of the reasons why I don't like being negative on it, just because I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I feel like I, it might be piling on a bandwagon that I'm not quite sure i i'm on or will be on mm-hmm. but there's there's a really good uh like summation of his best director speech where he says like oh and it's so it's so great like, i loved that one yes because he he said like um i can't remember the exact quote but it was he said a quote by scorsese but then like like he said it like uh, he said like this is what I go into every movie thinking and everything and then uh and then he's like and that quote was from our great Martin Scorsese who's there and like he like he basically initiated a standing ovation for him. Yeah. Um he's like I grew uh, like I I've, I've studied your films and everything and then uh and then he who else did he name drop um, oh quentin tarantino quentin tarantino yeah right in quentin tarantino and then and then like there was a pause and then he's like and Todd and <laughs> Todd and Sam Mendes. You, you also make films. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I, saw, I saw that tweet. I saw yeah. that tweet. And I was like, "That is great. That's so funny. That is so fucking good." Yeah. Um. That and then also in terms of Parasite winning, like first of all, unreal. Like I, I still can't believe that it happened. I know. Like Me international too. film and best picture and best director. Right. Like insane and best yeah. uh, original screenplay. Um, just, uh, 
unreal. Like, I'm so happy about it. Um, the thing about, uh, I shared this in our pod chat, but that guy who posted that video, yeah, very much being angry about, about it winning best picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was like a stereotype. Oh my God. Across the, the worst board. kind. Yeah. Yes. And like, it was, it was, it was, oh, it was an, I got so much glee out of it because like the, uh, um, the, there's a there's a parody Disney Plus account like it's called Disney Prime uh, mm-hmm. that posts photoshopped like pictures and stuff pictures of <laughs> um of uh, images for for fake movies and stuff like they had a fantasy Fantasy Island with uh, the Photoshop of the Fantasy Island poster was um uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Bill Clinton. Oh my God! <laughs> Just like fucking hell <clears throat> wow yeah so anyway um they posted they posted that video with pop-up facts about <laughs> oh yeah amazing that was so like, funny so i'll put a link in the show notes it's it's hilarious um but it's just like like the guy is so wrong on so many levels yeah. and like watching like the even longer one the longer version of it because that's just a short snippet um he like he's like the most asinine thing because his main thing for those who aren't going to check out the video he is upset because joker didn't win (laughs) no he's upset because a foreign film had had won best picture yeah best picture as he puts it yeah um and he is very agitated by it because uh he because he says that how many people have seen parasite like two percent of the population which yeah first of all i'm if i can get on a soapbox if i like if 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 i never see another argument for the quality of a movie referencing a box office returns yeah i I'll die happy. Right. Because like, that's not a fucking argument. That's not a point. Popularity like, has nothing to yeah, do with it whatsoever. No one gives yeah. a shit how much money a movie made. It right. is not an in, it's not an indicator of quality. Right. So just stop. Stop. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway. So he mentions that and then he says, um, like, so if it if it wins, if it's up for international film oh he kept saying foreign film. Um this year they changed it to international film. Um if it if it wins foreign film, it shouldn't win best picture because <laughs> it's because uh it's not, you know, whatever. I, I don't I can't I don't know. He's a caricature. Yeah. Um but the most delicious part was that at one point he says uh He's essentially saying like why like it should be an American film um, that wins like 1917, <laughs> <laughs> which is a British film, right? <laughs> like it does not have one American in it exactly. <laughs> Even so, the writer director is British. Like, <laughs> I, like it's so great. Oh my god! But his argument about Joker deserving it was that he says at one point. And this is near verbatim. I don't have it in front of me, but this is near verbatim. He says, I don't give a fuck about, about, uh, Parasite. I don't even know what Parasite is. And then in the next breath, he says, like, uh, Joker deserves to win because it's about how, how rich people treat poor people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. This is, <laughs> I got so much enjoyment out of it. So much like Schadenfreude enjoyment. Yeah. Um, apparently he, he, uh, Posted a follow-up video 
where he watched he watched Parasite and actually liked it. And yeah. I didn't watch it because I didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. But anyway, uh, we didn't watch the video. Obviously, I watched Parasite. But anyway, right. Um, yeah. So the, the Oscars. Anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think I have anything else for our listeners in suspense. Because I said in episode 301, I said that last year I had watched the Oscars using Hulu uh, Live TV, a free trial of it, that obviously I couldn't do the free trial again. So the question was, how did I watch the Oscars? Yeah, I forgot to ask you. How did you? Yes. So um, first of all, I just want to mention that Matt and Draco was very kind to offer to uh, set me up with his like Plex server or whatever. Like, he had something that I could watch it. But I didn't take him up on that because I actually just streamed it from uh, the a- ABC app. Oh, okay. To my TV on my Chromecast, and it worked fine. Nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, last thing about the Oscars. What did you think of Eminem and Eminem? Yeah, that was that was out of left field. It was. It was. It was, it was random. Yeah. I was surprised. I dug it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the reactions were were great. Yeah, um, they were. Yeah, I, I was very proud of this tweet. And then we can move on to our extended potpourri. Um, <laughs> so the whole reason that he came out and was he performed Lose Yourself was because he, like 17 years ago, um, didn't go to the, to the Oscars when he was nominated and won right. for it. Um, and, uh, in an article with, or in an interview with Rolling Stone, he said, he said that, um, yeah, I didn't go as, you know, uh, my daughter was at a, at an, a young age where, you know, she had to be up early for school. So I think I was, I think I was asleep, uh, <laughs> when I, when I won and everything. And so my tweet was a screenshot of that and it said, um, <laughs> you might say that Eminem's decision that he had to come to as to whether or not to go to the Oscars 17 years ago, or stay home so he can have his uh, help his daughter get up and go to school the next morning. Uh, you might say that had him caught up between being a father and a prima donna. Um, father and a prima donna. Because it's part of the lyrics of "Lose Yourself." Oh, okay. Caught up between being a father and a prima donna. Oh, okay. Baby mama drama. Wow, you know that. Song. Oh, I love that. Song. I was a huge oh, it's a great song. Oh, yeah. yeah, like I. Oh yeah. I just don't know. I don't. I didn't know that lyric. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was very. Uh, I, was I, very I know about mom's spaghetti and stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mother's spaghetti. Yeah. Yes. That was like my favorite movie. <laughs> I know and, we love that yeah. movie. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. Doesn't hold up as well. I don't think it. Does. It's not a bad movie. No, no. no I no. still think it's like a totally watchable kind of good movie. Frankly. Yeah. Oh but yeah. But it's it's kind of dumb. I mean, it, it's, it is kind of. It's it's an Eminem. It's about vehicle. rap battling. I mean, yeah. it's. But the weird thing is, like, it's it's a movie about rap battling, uh, like as a star vehicle for a rapper who was incredibly hot at the time. Yeah. Directed by the guy who direct the guy who directed L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Um. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I will say those end that end end freestyle battle was really good. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. 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 Um, and the soundtrack is amazing. I, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah. So, extended poopery. Shall we? 
Let's. Okay. So this is an extended potpourri episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast, which you are currently listening to. I don't know why I did all of that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, extended potpourri is basically a, an episode length long, um, uh, thing where, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm running out of steam. On our normal episodes, usually we have a potpourri section, which is a section at the end of the podcast where we wind down and talk about things that we've watched, things that we're looking forward to, anything we want, as long as it smells good. So since we don't have like a proper topic aside from the post-Oscars uh, talk, um, we're going to do an extended potpourri. So the rest of this episode is just going to be spoiler-free, non-spoiler discussions of things that we've watched going back and forth, uh, looking at our letterbox lists. Um and while we prepare for that, just want to give a shout out to Letterboxd. It's amazing. Uh, Letterboxd.com. They, they, they're amazing. Like you can track your movies and everything. Um, in here, if you want a free pro membership, just send me an email, matt at obsessiveviewer.com. First one to send me an email will get a pro membership to Letterboxd, which gets you stats and a bunch of cool features and everything. Um, Last month, uh, we gave out a free pro membership to, uh, Dan. So hope you're enjoying that, uh, pro membership. Lucky you. Uh, yes. Uh, it's funny. He actually, he messaged me last year at the same time when I did the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, uh, so send me an email, mad at obsessiveviewer.com, uh, if you want a free pro membership to Letterboxd. So tiny. Yes, sir. You said you have four or five things, four things? Yeah, four Three, things, two, four one. things, okay. solid four. four. Things. Okay. Uh, do you want to get us kicked off with your first uh, piece of potpourri? I'd be happy to. I'm going to start nice. off with a TV show. Ooh, nice. That I watched um, while I was sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took three days off work total um, nice. for the sickness. Uh, and I watched The Witcher. Oh, the entire on, season? I watched the entire season. Oh, interesting. Um, on... Uh, Toss a coin to your Witcher. That's the only thing I know about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 based off of a video game, right? It's based on a series of books, which was then made into a video game. Okay. And then now this is that. Clearly, I researched a lot. <laughs> I see. I thought it was just a video game. No. Mm, makes it less impressive. Ah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, I thought, like, I, as I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this characterization is just fucking great. Like, oh, really? They, they, the character of Geralt of Rivia mm. and one and a handful of the other characters is just phenomenal, just terrific characterization. Yes. Lots of depth and, and dynamism to these characters that I loved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is based on a freaking video game. Like, oh, yeah. like not to shit on video games, but right. like, there's some amazing storytelling in video games. But, yeah. you know, just, I just wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be more like, like fun actiony. Right. And it's it's really not an action nice. show at all. It's totally a character driven, plot story driven mm-hmm. type story. Um and it's man, it's super satisfying. Um I just love the 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 they built the universe really well. Um there's a lot of really fun uh kind of playing with time kind of stuff. That's like, what I've heard, and that makes me very interested. Right, like some of the characters age very differently than some of the other characters, and Ooh. so, like, the whole season takes place across, like, decades and decades. Really? Yeah, and I was just like, and, and it jumps around, like, it's it's different, totally different times. Nice. Um, it's, 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 I was beyond impressed with it. I had heard it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they, when they do get into some action... Mm-hmm. It's really top notch. Like there's a there's a, a sword fight scene early on in the show that's like 
I mean, it's up there with any other for, uh, sword fighting scene you've seen in a movie or whatever. Wow. Um, I really want to see more of that. It's like, um, it kind of reminded me of, um, <clears throat> the, uh, um, gosh, Daredevil. Oh, okay. How they kind of have like a, a tent pole action scene. Oh, yeah. Um, in, uh, was there three seasons of that show or just two? Um, I think three. Yeah. There were three. Yeah. But each season yeah. they had like, I think within the first like four or five episodes, they'd have like this huge action scene where yeah. it's like a long take and he's like stalking through a building, mm-hmm. just fighting people. It reminded me of that. Sweet. Um, and so like, yeah, there's, it's not, it's not devoid of action or whatever, but it's, right. that's not what it's about. I'll put it okay. that way. Um, it's, it's truly a fantasy, fantasy, magical, mystic, mystical story. Um, that's awesome. And the fact that the world building is apparently so good, that makes me very interested. I know you will like it for really? a fact. Yeah, nice. you will like it, yeah. Um, and it's only eight episodes, which is exciting. It okay. is, yeah. It's And that was a perfect length. It wasn't too short, wasn't too long. Nice. Um, I, I was really pleased with that. Um, and you know, Henry Cable is really the only star. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> there's nobody else. No one else, like, recognizable. That I had heard of, but there's some. they do a great job, especially... Other than Henry Cable, who does great, um, uh, the standout was an actress named Anya Shalotra. She's kind of she's the female lead, basically. Okay. Um, she's she's really phenomenal. She's beautiful too, but that's mm-hmm. and that's part of her character. But um, she, again, just the character the characterization is just so good. I I was nice. I just wasn't expecting it, frankly. I, I was I was totally prepared for like an actiony movie mm-hmm. or show. Um, it just it really took me by surprise and. Uh, I'm I'm very impressed with it. I'm super happy that there's another season coming out. Yeah. Um I I can't wait. It's it's great. That's awesome. I will have to check that out and have you watched any of Watchmen? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, uh Paige and I watched that recently. Nice. Did you watch the whole season? Watch the whole season. Okay. Yeah. I only watched the first two episodes. I haven't Did you? Okay. I haven't revisited cuz I'm I'm so shitty with Freaking weird, shows. man. Yeah. It's weird. Um Can I pitch something to you? Okay. Can I toss a coin at <laughs> Witcher or something? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the reference. If I were to watch The Witcher and Watchmen in a timely manner, mm-hmm. would you want to do an episode in which we review both properties? Okay. 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 Yeah, that's fine. I, okay. I, I'm especially game for that because I've already watched them both. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good to go. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will try to do that as quickly as I can because I really want to watch more TV. Like, cause I, yeah. I just don't watch TV anymore. Oh, uh, really? Um, yeah. I just, it's, I throw on The Office or The Simpsons yeah. and that's it. There's so much good TV out there. It's overwhelming. It is nuts. And like, people have said that Watchmen in particular is like a perfect season of television. Wow. Yeah. I have I have feelings about it. I'm very excited to talk yeah. to you about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll have to conceal our identities. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's who watches right. the Watchmen. Right. <laughs> well, we yeah. Because we'll talk about. It. <laughs> Damn it. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> the concept of the whole show, man. Yes. Well, you know. Um. <laughs> baby squids or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm very interested to check that out. So. Nice. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So we'll talk about that at some point. Cool. Um, shall I go to my first potpourri? Please do. Okay, so this one will be brief and with apologies to Mike, who is, uh, I don't think he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of going through my letterbox, and this is a movie that I haven't uh, talked about publicly, but 
Gretel and Hansel. Um, oh, okay. Directed by Oz Perkins. A uh, long time ago in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search for f- food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. I will say, okay, so it has Sophia Lillis from uh, It and It Chapter 2. Uh-huh. Um, so, Mike raved about this. Yeah. Uh, he was a, he was a very big fan of this, um, and I respect that. I couldn't connect to it. Okay. I have a very, very weird relationship with this movie. So, I watched this movie on a whim. I went to the movie theater, and I think it was like the first movie theater experience i had of 2020 and like i my i was tired my head was not in the right space for it Mm. um so i just did not connect with it on uh on like an emotional level like i didn't really care about anything and i think that that the fault on that lies with me just because i was not in the right frame of mind i will say that visually it's gorgeous. Okay. Like it is, it is a wonderful, wonderfully shot and presented film. Um, Oz Perkins, I've not seen any of his other stuff, but I do believe that he is going to be directing an episode of the new season of the Twilight Zone this year. So I'm okay. very excited about that just because visually Gretel and Hansel was, was amazing. But in, in the overall atmosphere was incredible. Like just, just the architecture of the house and, and the forest that they're in. And it's just, it's so, it's, it's so, um, evocative for just a visual standpoint. But, um, it's just, I was so dull. Like it was so dull and I was just mm-hmm. so bored. Like it's a slow burn, which I don't like saying that as a dig at it because slow burns are storytelling. Like it's, storytelling that is storytelling yeah and when it's done well it's done well but the kind of listless nature of it and the kind of the way that it just kind of very much meanders through through it like i don't think the payoff at the end was worth the kind of slog of disinterest that i went through for Mm. most of it okay um yeah so i I don't know maybe I'll, i'll probably revisit it at some point um, to give it a more fair shake, but okay. for now, I just I I wasn't too crazy about Gretel and Hansel. I gave it two and a half stars on Letterbox. How was uh, Sophia Lillis? Oh, she was great. Nice. I'm uh, I'm a big fan of hers, and she's gonna be in that show on Netflix that's coming out next week. I think. Listening. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, did you ever watch um the end of the fucking world or the fucking end of the world or whatever? Mm-hmm, it was? No, no. Okay, I never did either. No, what you're talking about though. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote the book that that's based on has a TV show that is being adapted to Netflix based on a book that he wrote also that's separate from that. But anyway, I can't remember what it's called. I th- um, hmm. But it's coming out um, February 25th, I think. Okay. Um, let me check that. Yeah, she's the only reason why I'm interested in Gretel yeah. and Hansel because I'm a huge fan of hers. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm so excited to... Uh, I don't think this sounds weird, uh, to chart her career. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I think yeah. she is an incredible talent that I think is going to uh really have a, a long career. Yeah. Um so it so the show on Netflix that's coming out it's actually February 26th, so next Wednesday. Um 
I am not okay with this. Uh, Sydney is a teenage girl navigating the trials and tribulations of high school while dealing with the complexities of her family, her budding sexuality, and mysterious superpowers just beginning to awaken deep within her. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's her and Wyatt Olef who played Stanley Uris as a child in It Chapter One. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I'm excited for that. February 26th. Uh, we'll see. It's Netflix. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, maybe we can, maybe we can, uh, watch that and review it also. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know. I'm definitely going to watch it for sure. Okay. Good. Good. I will. Just because uh, of her. And yeah. That concept sounds great too. Right. Sounds cool. Uh, I, I saw someone, uh, refer to it as, um, like if John Hughes made a superhero movie. Okay. <laughs> so definitely game that, yeah. yeah, that definitely has me interested. Sweet. So, but yeah, but Gretel and Hansel, I wasn't crazy about it. Your mileage may vary. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Um, Mike had responded to someone on Twitter that was championing Gretel and Hansel and was like speaking highly of it and said like the most accurate film Twitter thing ever said that if film Twitter, just the group of Twitter, like the Twitter hive mind of film criticism and, and talking about film. Yeah. Um, if film Twitter, like if, if Gretel and Hansel was released by A24, uh, the distributor, um, then film Twitter would have been all over it. But since it wasn't, it, it gets, oh. uh, falls by the wayside, hmm. which is accurate. Um, people yeah. get real big boners for a two, four movies. Hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's my extended property for that segment. Uh, okay. tiny. Uh, yeah. Next up for me is uh terminator dark fate. Nice. Which I, I watched. Yeah. I did not get a chance to see it. I don't, how did you feel about it? And, and chart your experience with, with the uh, Terminator franchise. So I, I'm a fan of the franchise. I think mm-hmm. the, the concept is just cool as shit. Like it's yeah. time travel, the, the AI killing, you know, the human race. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just such a cool concept for a story. And, uh, you know, the, the first two movies I think are just absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. sci-fi movies just terrific um love them um and the franchise is meandered from there um mm-hmm. the third movie is i think it gets sort of a bad rap like i think it's kind of a cool continuation of the story with pretty poor execution sure <laughs> um but i think it's actually kind of a like i said the cool continuation of the story and then i think the fourth one was the christian bale sam worthington yeah, one that salvation. was a total clusterfuck and just not uh, dropped the ball completely i think as yeah. far as the franchise i remember um, watching that and i that's all i remember about it is watching okay. it. yeah like i i i was so it's one of those movies that i just i was so ready for it to be done yeah yeah. yeah, and I wasn't thrilled about. I wasn't like enthused for a new chapter in the franchise. Like right. I, I wasn't ready for it. Um, and then they had the fifth one with I never saw. I've never seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay, because that's what that, that's what it was called, right? Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, so I never watched that. I, I, that's a bit of a gap for me with the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fifth one with like Sarah Clark and uh, Jai Courtney and stuff. Yeah, Genesis. That one was like shit on really bad too. But again, I th- I really respected what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually enjoyed that movie a lot, um, but in the context of the franchise, I think it was kind of it's kind of forgettable in the context yeah. of the franchise. Um, and so, just I, I don't I haven't had a lot of enthusiasm for the franchise. And so, like when they announced this, I was like, eh, I, I don't know, I 
I just wasn't really asking for it, frankly, right. as as a fan of the franchise. Um, uh, but then I saw the trailer and I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. Right. And, and uh, you know, it looks like they're doing more steps to reinvent things about the the franchise. And I uh, love Mackenzie Davis. Oh, she's amazing. She's one of my favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I want to give this a chance. And I was a little more enthusiastic than I would have thought um, nice. about it. So that was kind of how I felt going into it. Um, and I, I think I ended up giving it three, three and a half stars, which is maybe a little generous. Okay. Um, they did a lot of things pretty well with, with the movie. Um, I think one thing that's really cool about the franchise is kind of not to be political, but like the role that women play in the franchise. Okay. Like, you know, Sarah Connor is such a cool ass character. Yeah. Like, especially in the first movie. In the second movie, she's just completely jaded and mm-hmm. ruined as a person and like can't even be a mother and can't function mm-hmm. as a per like it's just such an incredible arc for her character. Um and at the same time she's a freaking badass, you know, yeah. it's just so cool. Um and then they go and 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 up that ante with this movie because Sarah Connor comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda Hamilton was back. The, uh, the, uh, character who's being protected, mm-hmm. um, is, is a woman again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's being protected by a human played by Mackenzie Davis. Okay. Um, who's a badass again right. and just really cool. Um, and I just think it's, it just adds another layer to, to, to so many good layers in a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like just, Time travel, robots, action, Arnold Schwarzenegger, awesome one-liners. Like, there's just so many cool things about the franchise, and that's just another nice layer to the onion that is Mm -hmm. Terminator is just the role that women play in it and how it it just makes it a more dynamic story. Nice. Go ahead. There there was a really great tweet. I can't remember who said it or if it was even on a podcast. I don't know. But someone, someone somewhere, this is not an original thought of mine, but someone out there <laughs> said, uh, and I like this just opened my world up a little bit. It was like, uh, they said something like the biggest misconception about the Terminator movies is that people think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the main character. Yeah. Um, like right. the focus is 100% Linda Hamilton. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So, Absolutely. So you liked it. I, I, I did like it. Um, it's a I, direct sequel to T2, right? <clears throat> yes, okay. it is. Yes, that which I think was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and also, I'll say about the characterization. Um, I think the um, I think this is probably the best arc that the T eight hundred played by Arnold Schwarzenegger has had mm. since T two. Oh wow! Like I, I really, really like what they did with his character nice. and how that relates to Sarah Connor mm-hmm. and and bringing her back and everything. Um. I feel like her character got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Sarah Connor did just mm-hmm. just a little bit, but um, but I just I love what they did with with the T eight hundred, the original Terminator. Yes. I, I that was so great and probably some of the best the best acting of the franchise that I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger do. Mm-hmm. I think he hit his peak with T two. He was great, sure. you know, kind of flipping the script in T two. Um, um, but this was really satisfying as far as his character goes. Um, but the movie kind of kind of dropped the ball in a few areas that hurt it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, most notably the main, 
the the character who's being protected, uh, Danny Ramos is her the character's name, played okay. by uh, Natalia Reyes, mm-hmm. who I think she's kind of a new. I, I wasn't familiar with her at all. I think she's okay. basically just a newcomer. Um, I, I really wasn't into her character at all, and uh. and just the concept of you know, a super strong being comes back, you know, mm-hmm. travels back in time to protect this person who's important in the future. Like that's, that's the dynamic of the story. And yeah. like, it's, it's a very recycled and like, mm-hmm. I really wasn't very into it. Like the, mm-hmm. I, I mean, thankfully there's so much, there was a lot of great character stuff to drive the story along and really keep me interested. But mm-hmm. like, I just did not care about her character. And oh, that sucks. Was not enthused by that being the driving force of so much of the plot. Um, it was, it wasn't very satisfying. They they okay. kind of did a little twist with it at the end that was wasn't really that impressive. Oh yeah, but they tried to make it more interesting, but it it really just kind of failed in my opinion. That's a bummer. Yeah, and that's that was unfortunate. But and there is like a, a kind of a final battle scene. Okay, one of the coolest things about adding more characters is that. The final battle scene was between like four or five people. Which, oh, nice. You know, normally it's just like, you know, one or two and it's very right. stark and, you know, this person doesn't stand a chance or whatever, yeah. you know, but it was actually really cool, like final battle. I, I thought that was Sweet. really awesome. So there's a lot of things about it to like, but it's got some glaring flaws that mm-hmm. they kind of drag it down. Um, and you know, I, I really don't, I don't know if I want another movie. Like I oh, just, yeah. I just, did they set it up for like to be franchise or was it more of a no, definitive? Not okay. really. Not. I mean, there's always room for something yeah. else, you know. But um, I don't know. I think I think what they would really need to do, in my opinion, let's let's go to the future. Let's go to this oh, future yeah. that they've only shown us in snippets mm-hmm. for six fucking movies now. Right. Like I think if they that would be a super bold choice mm-hmm. to actually go to the future and. Let's let's see the humans finally do a final battle against what is Skynet. That would be like, cool. I feel like they touched on that a little bit in Genesis. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, but not enough. And not well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. Jason even... Clark, man, I'm. I'm t- He'll get there someday. That poor guy. Yeah. Man, he's good. I, he's I love so him good. as an actor, but he's been in some crap. He has been. Oh, or he's just so... been cast as a crap character yeah. in a in something good i yeah but uh yeah yeah I, I think i think i'm not completely against them doing another movie but mm-hmm. i think it's don't send somebody back in time again and right. protect somebody from being killed and i'm even cool like they did such a good job bringing back the t800 arnold schwarzenegger oh, yeah? if you want to bring him back go for it because i man they did such a good job with this nice. i was really surprised um so I'm fine with that, but I think I really just think they need to go to the future finally, and mm-hmm. let's let's live in that world for a little bit. Got to go back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Cool. So yeah, that's it. Was directed by Tim Miller too. Yeah, of yeah. Uh, of uh, um, Deadpool fame. Right. Yeah. Right. Deadpool. Nice. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I I definitely check it out. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious what you think about it because I know you have kind of a like uh, like a you're not really a fan of the franchise. Uh, but yeah. it should really be in your it's, wheelhouse. Yeah, it's, it's it's my it's. You've talked about it before. I it's so it's so hard. I need it's to, weird. <laughs> yeah, I need. What I need to do is I don't think I've properly revisited the franchise since Genesis, and even before Genesis. I would say probably 
it hasn't been in since it's been probably seven years. Okay. Um, because I'm thinking in 2013 I did a whole obnoxious um, <laughs> series of posts on obsessiveviewer.com mm-hmm. uh, when I was much more snobby. Because uh, I did a retrospective on James Cameron where I was like, I went into it thinking like, I hate James Cameron. Here's yeah. why I hate James Cameron. Um, cringe. Anyway. I still um, think those first two movies are just so cool. Yeah. I just really like them. And, and I really think that in between the last time that I properly watched them, so back in 2013 and now, I've grown so much more as a fan of science fiction. Okay, yeah. So I, I feel like I'll get a lot more out of it. Nice. Um, than, than I did then. Uh, don't ask me to revisit Avatar though. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. Should, should I go next? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I kind of oh, rambled there a little oh, bit. Oh, no, you're good. Okay. Um, so I have, I have three more things, but I want to use this one to kind of seed it as, as not, not a talk necessarily about a movie. So I'll go ahead and raise the curtain on this. <laughs> You and I did not do a Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker episode. We did not. We did not. We did a Patreon thing for the video feed, so $5 and you can get access to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I said, like, last time on the podcast, I don't care. I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not, I don't even really want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't either. And I think part of it is that, okay, the fan base, like, it's just, like, the, the more obnoxious fan, like, I can't reconcile my thoughts on it as a moviegoer, as a, as a person who watches movies and critiques them and everything with the opinion of people who just love Star Wars because they love Star Wars, I guess. I don't know if that's right. snobby. That's probably coming from a place of condescension. Nah. Um, <laughs> I'd say it's warranted. Yeah, I guess. But I do want to mention a couple of things. One, this will seem like a non sequitur. But I, it will tie into it. I don't think we've commented on this. Uh, cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, after it was released, they sent an, an updated version with updated visual effects to the theaters. So they changed the, the special effects after, like, while it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Nuts. Insane. Yeah. Um, so having that in mind, <laughs> there was a tweet. <laughs> and... A similar, similar tweets have caught my ire regarding Star Wars. Um, and I'll go on into a little soapbox, but this is the tweet from Star Wars Holocron at SW underscore Holocron. Did you know the Sith eternal fleet seen in Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker was created by Sith cultists on Exegol who indoctrinated Exegol's population with Sith values and raised and trained their children to become officers, mechanics, and soldiers for the final order. Now, my okay. question to you, Tiny, <laughs> did you know that? I, I'm pretty sure they just made that up. Yeah, uh, no one fucking knew it <laughs> right. because it wasn't in the goddamn movie. <laughs> right. Like, and I have such a, a bug up my ass about this specific type of thing. Like, if you like the movie, if you like the franchise, mm-hmm. great. I like The Last Jedi a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, and it's funny because I was trying to think, because I, uh, like, I know I've been snarky in the past saying, like, oh, it's the only good Star Wars movie. <laughs> but 
I like honestly, like I like the Last Jedi because it is the least Star Wars Star Wars movie. Yeah, like it opens up the mythology and the and the lore and everything in a way. It's it presents Star Wars as a science fiction movie that I would be more receptive to if the entire franchise was like that. That's my own personal opinion. Whatever. My problem is I hate this. I don't know if I would say revisionist thing or this tendency to um fill in gaps post release. Mm. So like a big part or okay, um spoiling Star Wars I guess. Um Luke's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I had to pantomime lightsaber. Um Luke's lightsaber in the in the last Jedi gets broken in half and destroyed. Um the Rise of Skywalker opens with Ray with that same lightsaber. Yeah. That's it. There's no explanation. Right. Like how the what what happened? But if you buy a fucking art book that they released for the Rise of Skywalker, you'll see a fucking like an I don't even know if it's an illustration or just like a little like index thing that refers to Ray having a workbench. And that's supposed to be the explanation for how the lightsaber was, was like repaired. Okay. A one little fucking thing in a book that has nothing to do with the movie except for just being tied to it and everything. And it's those types of things that gets, gets me so angry at Star Wars and the Star Wars fandom because I don't think they're, I don't think Star Wars is a richly told story mm-hmm. because of these little gaps. Like people go crazy about, um, Boba Fett. Um, and like, he's in the movie for, he's in the movies for like three, like, I don't know, a very small amount of screen time. And people are like, well, he looks cool and everything. And if you read the expanded universe, you'll do this. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking read <laughs> right. a book so I can enhance my enjoyment of at the time, uh, uh, like uh, what is now a nine movie well, like ten or eleven movie franchise. <clears throat> yeah. Like I don't, I I don't like I don't like that. Like that, um, excusable. Like the that excuse for like okay, well, it, it makes sense that this happened in the movie because this extra thing is alluded to in an yeah. other in another thing. And I get it. They're trying to sell merchandise. They're trying to sell like they're trying to sell thing uh, sell people you know products and everything. Uh, not sell people, but they're trying to sell yeah. people on products, right? Um, and merchandise and everything, but they're doing it at the expense of story, and it happens so often with this fucking franchise. It does. So yeah. So I don't know. I'm done. Uh, I don't pay attention to that, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like there, I cannot tell you how many articles mm-hmm. I have scroll scrolled past that are like, what really happened with with Luke's uh, lightsaber yeah. and like how did it end up in the mo- I don't even know yeah. I do not know the story of Luke's lightsaber yeah because I don't care yeah and, oh yeah and I it's not important to me right um, if they had put that stuff in the movies exactly I'd be interested in it and it'd be cool and it'd be like okay that's I'm glad they told us that part of the story but yeah. if it's not there I haven't found myself really wondering how it got to where it got I just don't I mean there are certain parts of the franchise where there's gaps like that sure that I do wonder about mm-hmm. but it's kind of like lost like there's a bunch of gaps there that like some of them I care about and some of them I didn't but yeah. the rest of the fran- the rest of the show I loved yep and so that's fine like it's yeah 
Like it's it, still a great show with right. those gaps. And like for me, Star Wars is still a great franchise and great movies with those gaps. And I don't care about those and gaps. I'm so happy for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but other people can't be happy with those yeah, gaps. Yeah, I don't and, I just and, don't get it. Like I don't get the <clears throat> the kind of gymnastics, the, the mental gymnastics to justify like just not like not well thought out storytelling honestly yeah, like yeah, i just right. i i don't know it's it's lame like and i had this whole thing like back when they um and, <laughs> and again this is merchandising shit it's not storytelling it's just merchandising and that's my biggest problem with star wars um is cuz it's a merchandise machine, machine but like before the rise of skywalker came out there was a whole big thing about like oh check out these action figures for the sith the sith troopers um it's a fucking stormtrooper painted red like that's it <laughs> right and they are not a pivotal force or pivotal part of the movie they are henchmen like they are stormtroopers right. painted red right like it is it is asinine i don't get it yeah yet people will still shit on the last jedi because ryan johnson ruined their uh <laughs> their uh little hero right um yeah fucking i hate it anyway so yeah um yeah that's that property say what do you what do you got next tiny um so uh next for me uh also while i was sick i watched um mike perbiglia's latest um comedy special which is on netflix it's called the new one mm-hmm. um i'm a big mike perbiglia fan i've been a big mike perbiglia fan for 15 years now i mean you he's, introduced me to him yeah as a, as a comedy <clears throat> right right um yeah he uh i i was familiarized with him through um there's a local radio show here in indianapolis called the bob and tom show oh, yeah. which is broadcast uh across the whole country um i'm sure a lot of you have heard of it mm-hmm. um but he's like a friend of the show and and for a long time he was on there every week doing like a recurring bit Secret um, Public Journal. <clears throat> yeah, Secret yeah. Public Journal. Yeah, so um, that's how I kind of fell in love with Mike Birbiglia, and I have his comedy albums, and uh, he's he's just a really fun, quirky comic, and uh, but he's kind of um, he is not prolific at all. Like right. he he's had like three like three or four comedy specials in 15 almost 20 years sounds about right you know he's not he's not like louis ck or or anybody he's not like every year cranking out a new special um and so he's (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) louis ck cranking out a new oh god yeah Yeah. cranks more than specials yeah um but uh you know he's he has very limited material and so it's been kind of as a fan it's been kind of up and down cuz he'll come out with something and it's phenomenal yeah and, but that's what he'll come out with for like 3 or 4 years and that's been something i kind of have had to kind of reconcile with him right. with his material cuz like like I, I he his anecdotes and everything like like he's he's incredible like as a comedic personality as a storyteller he's insanely talented Mm -hmm. but like i get so tired of like i don't listen to bob and tom but like when i did um like i got tired of like hearing the same material yeah and like the same forced laughter (laughs) right um and then like you know the soundbite culture that we live in it's mm -hmm. a it's a problem frankly because you know you have to 
people hear something and then they want more. And if you can't give them more, they kind of forget about you. And totally. And, and that's, that's a problem for comedians in general. Um, but especially someone with the style and, and how he, how he operates his processes. Yeah. Um, I think it's hurt by that, but, um, but I will say, I think this, this is, this is probably my favorite special. Of his. Oh, really? I could not believe how fucking great it was. Nice. Um, it's it's basically it's him telling the story of becoming a father, mm-hmm. and and it's it's kind of a, a one man show style. It's not him giving a bunch of one liners and mm-hmm. telling scattered anecdotes. It's it's all related around becoming a father. Okay. Um, and it's I I think I think part of it. Is that I'm sort of entering that time in my life sure. where I'm, you know, preparing, thinking about becoming a father and stand up special. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> preparing a stand up special. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, come to my open mic night Thursdays <laughs> at eight. No, I don't, I will never do stand up. Um, oh, God, Patreon tier. Oh, God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never. Um, but I, th- I think maybe part of why I connected to it so hard is because of that. Okay. Um, God, there's I can't go into this because it's TMI. Oh yeah, there's a part where he gets his sperm tested. Oh, does, okay. And I cannot tell you how much I related to it because it's <laughs> it's unbel- I was just like, this is unbelievably poignant right now. Nice. Um, uh, screw it. We'll put it in the podcast. Okay. Um, I I had to have my sperm tested, and he tells a story about getting his sperm tested in the in the in the in the. Uh, Special and I, it was just I couldn't believe how just like poignant it was and just it was like a perfect storm. Of, That's it was awesome. so so funny. Um, but I'm on- so glad that you like. <clears throat> Like if you change your mind and you want me to cut that out, that's fine. But no, leave I mean, it in. Okay, I'm can, good with it. We can leave the door open. I'm an open book on that. Yeah. Um, but um, and but it's funny because like that wasn't even my favorite part of the special. Like there's okay. there's so many other great parts of it. Um, it's it's so layered and just. There, there are just moments of absolute hilarity. Like, there's one point where I was like, this doesn't happen to me very often, but it was like uncontrollable laughing. Oh, nice. And it was like, nice. like, like howling laughing. That is the like, best. Like, you have to pause it and rewind it because you missed mm-hmm. something because you can't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that does not happen to me often. God, that's great. Um, and then it, it'll be a moment like that. And two minutes later, he's, he's talking about this very dramatic, stark moment that's super serious and so or something that's super like sweet and adorable Mm. and nice and just lovely as a person and it's it's not about comedy at all nice and just his ability to weave those concepts together with comedy is seriously genius Nice. And, and I was just—it's on Netflix, by the way. Um, right. I, most people have Netflix now, where you can get yeah. on Netflix. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- even if you're not a parent or you're not even thinking about becoming a parent, mm. I think you'll you'll find something to relate to and find something at least very entertaining about the special. Um, very nice. I, I was I was so happy. I've actually watched it twice. Um, oh, that's awesome. I watched it with Paige, and she. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if she was gonna really. She had never heard of him. Never heard any of his oh, comedy. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That's and, wow. Yeah, okay. she didn't know him at all, and so I was like, ah, he's he's a very acquired taste as mm-hmm. as a comedian, and like, I've I've introduced him to other people, mm-hmm. and and they they're not a fan. Like, yeah. it's, he's a very specific style of of comedy. Um, and I just, I wasn't sure if she was going to yeah. dig that or 
not, but she absolutely loved it. Nice. So I was really thrilled with that. When you introduced him to those other people that didn't like it, would you say that you, what you should have said was nothing? <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, ah, he's amazing. He's uh, Please watch the special. I, it's so good. Honestly, I don't know why I haven't gotten okay. around to it. Because um, I'm a huge fan of Birbiglia. Yeah. Um, even, like, I, Sleepwalk With Me is a top 100 movie for me. The movie's fantastic, yeah. In- incredible so good and even uh, his follow up uh uh um don't think twice is really really strong i haven't too. even seen that oh it's good is it's it? okay. uh, i believe it's on netflix also okay um but yeah his his and his specials are on an entirely different level like yeah. the storytelling in my girlfriend's boyfriend is incredible yeah um i i love it so much and i'm yeah i'm excited to eventually get to the new one uh kirsten Please has had, has pitched um podcast episodes where she and i will talk about would talk about uh the catalog of a of a comedian's specials and oh, everything okay. so nice eventually we'll probably do that um nice that'd be cool tiny okay yeah um yeah we should get you and you and Kirsten on the same episode. Yeah, we have yet to record together. We, you have yet to record together. Yeah. Yes. You, Kirsten, Feckus, and Ben. Yeah. Yeah. The whole uh, gamut the whole of whole obsessive gamut. hosts. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. That's on Netflix. The new one from Mike Birbiglia. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to see just. Uh, what he does next um yeah like, he's so good he's so talented he's am- he's amazing yeah um so okay uh, my next one then is going to be um stalling a little bit i'm not sure which one to do um let's talk about downhill okay uh downhill came out uh friday so on valentine's day and it is directed by nat faxon and jim rash Barely escaping an avalanche during a family ski vacation in the Alps, a married couple is thrown into disarray as they are forced to reevaluate their lives and how they feel about each other. Um, it's got Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the married couple. And um, so, yeah, this is a complicated thing. I, I don't know how I'm going to come down on this. So Downhill is actually the remake, the American remake of a Swedish... I believe it's Swedish, um, film from 2014 called Force Majeure, which is the same plot. Of, uh, basically what happens is that the family is on a ski trip and there's a controlled avalanche that gets too close to like the deck where they're having lunch. And it seems like there's an avalanche that's going to just kill them. And the father gets up and runs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone's safe. And then just the rest of the movie is the fallout of that thing. So... Force Majeure, I, I don't, I didn't like it that much, honestly. I, I rated it two and a half stars and I read my review because I watched it back in 2018. Okay. Um, it was, it was fine. Like, it was a little bit more of a dark, kind of moody kind of drama. It, it was a dark comedy, but it had some pretty heavy things that I don't think, heavy themes that were, that weren't really, um, weren't really communicated that well in my eyes. Um, again, that could have been just a different, uh, I don't know. I may not have been in the mindset for it. So downhill is something that I was expecting it. I was expecting it to be like a 
American bastardization, like a studio comedy version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was pleasantly surprised by was that it did actually have a lot of that nuance to it and a lot of that kind of, um, it's still kind of surface level, especially more surface level than it was in Force Majeure, but it's that I, that, that identity crisis that Will Ferrell's character goes through, that kind of fragile masculinity of like, okay, I, I fucked up. I did something impulsive that I now have to reclaim my kind of my stature within this family unit. Cause now like my kids and my wife are not viewing me the same way that they were before this happened. And it, and it deals with that in a, in a pretty interesting enough way, but ultimately it's also kind of stuff that I vaguely remember it being dealt with in force majeure. And hmm. like, there's nothing, there's really nothing American about this. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that putting it with an American family, like it, there's nothing to it that, that made it a, made it put a unique spin on it versus the Swedish version. And that's just, I, it makes it pointless. Like it, yeah. it's, it's literally a pointless remake because I didn't get anything huh. out of it. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, it was kind of just dull or not even dull, just very lifeless and just kind of boring. Huh. Um, some of the stuff between Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will Ferrell are pretty okay. There's, there's kind of a, the boiling point scene. Which again is very surface level. It's very on the nose, but the point where they kind of, kind of like the tension reaches its apex and they kind of like Julia Louis Dreyfus kind of loses it on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Really good performance by her. Um, but it also just felt like it didn't, it didn't, I'm, I'll walk that back. It, it felt fine, but in the grand scheme of things, like it, the fallout of that and like what happened after all of that didn't really feel earned for me. Okay. Like that blow up was earned, but everything after that was kind of felt a little loose. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It was, it was fine. I rated it two stars. I'll never see it again. Probably. Mm. I will say just the obligatory Matt Hurt, uh, movie theater experience. <laughs> um, so I went to this movie after work. Well, I got dinner and then went, went uh, after dinner. Um, and this was the Monday after the movie was released. It was a seven fifty showing. Um, so I'm like, Oh, okay. There's like, like I checked the app and like, there were two seats behind me that were, that were like taken. So I'm like, Oh, it's just going to be, be me and two other people probably. Um, and then like, by the time the, cr- the trailer started going, like those people did not show up. I'm like, Holy shit. Am I going to have this whole theater to myself? <laughs> The Monday after it came out. Wow. Um, and, and that Monday being President's Day, which is apparently a holiday weekend, um, <laughs> gauged by the box office. Like, this is insane. Huh. Um, that wasn't the case. Those people did show up. Also, two other people showed up and sat in the row in front of me. And just gotta say, uh, it's 2020. Why the fuck are you going to a movie and talking throughout the entire fucking thing? Oh my god. Like, it is like they, I didn't eavesdrop because I'm a decent person, but I'm not decent enough not to talk shit about them on the podcast. But like <laughs> they were holding conversations throughout the entire time, the entire movie. What is the point of that? I, I don't get it. I do not <clears throat> understand it. And they left with 15 minutes left in the movie. What? <laughs> like, and they, and they, they had popcorn and, and drinks and stuff. I'm like, you just spent like, Probably thirty bucks at concession, 
and uh like 10 or 12 bucks per person for the ticket yeah assuming you don't have a list but like and you like and you just talked throughout the entire movie you got up and left with 15 minutes left like why just go to a fucking restaurant for like real. what is the point that could that be i mean that, that was 50 bucks yeah oh yeah easy like i don't get it at all that's weird. And and there were moments where, like, if it was a movie I cared about, I probably would have thought more hard about being like, "Hey, can you guys keep it down? And, yeah, like at least at least lower your volume." Right. Because it wasn't like they were talking at full volume, but it was like it was enough to where it was like it was noise pollution in the theater. Yeah. Um. And when the movie got loud, like they increased their conversation, mm. and I was just like, "You under even though there are only three other people in this in this room." You are still aware that there are other people in this room. Like, <laughs> I do. I just don't get that disconnect. But anyway, yeah. um, I should have known from that point on that it was all downhill from there. But um, <laughs> but no, downhill was just not that great. Um, and I can't even really recommend Force Majeure as 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 a notable um, uh, alternative because I haven't seen it in like two years. Okay. Um, Force Majeure is available on Canopy if you have that streaming service, though. Mm. Um, so I may revisit it, but I don't know. I've got a lot of uh, Universal Monster movies to get through and Godzilla movies. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's my next one. But Tiny, how about you? Is this? Um, well, that movie I hadn't even heard of it until you oh, checked yeah? into it. Nice on Facebook. Wow, I hadn't even heard of it. So yeah, it's completely off my radar. Yeah, and it's interesting. I did not see a single piece of marketing for it. Like yeah. I avoided the trailer because I didn't really care. Okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, bummer. Yep. Um, my last one is a uh, a movie. Um, uh, it is Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, interesting. I saw yes. that you saw that. I did not see that. I uh, watched it. Yeah. Nice. So, um, the originals, the first Zombieland, um, I absolutely love that movie. I mean, there, Same. there was a period of time where I was watching that movie like once a week. Yep. Like, Same for year. Real. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about it. I think that it just had so many good things working for it. Loved. Mm. I mean, the, the, the four characters are just terrific. Oh, yeah. First of all, I mean, that's, that's a given, but, and it's just such a fun, a fun universe to live in with, you know, the, the narration is fun. I, it's just such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've wanted the sequel since that movie, obviously, since that movie came out. I've, yeah. you know, I thought it'd make a great trilogy and everything. Um, I've been a, a Ruben, I've even been a Ruben Fleischer fan. Like, right. let's see what he does next, you know? Um, turns out not a lot, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, it took 10 years for this damn sequel to get made. Yeah. I never understood that because Zombieland was successful. Right. Both financially and critically. <clears throat> and I think fans have wanted it since the beginning. And I, I just, I don't know what, I mean, J- Jesse Eisenberg and, uh, um, Emma Stone, like, completely blew up and they're huge yeah. stars now. So, I mean, I understand that that's, that's part of it, but like, the sequel was five years too late, really. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and, and that's, it's really a shame. Um, because I, I, I think a lot of the momentum from the original movie is just not there. I don't think there were new fans coming around to the franchise and that. Right. I don't know. I, it, the timing just seemed really off and, and I didn't have a lot of enthusiasm for 
the sequel, um, unfortunately. Okay. But um, but being a huge fan of the original, I, there was no way I was going to miss this. Right. Um, and so uh, the movie turned out to be to be pretty decent. Um, okay. I I liked. I, I was just really happy to see those characters again and and be back in the universe and everything. Um, but I, I think I think the plot was just kind of kind of cliched in in several ways and and I, predictable really what was what was going on and what was going to happen it okay. was was pretty predictable um but it, it was still just a lot of fun um some some of the new characters I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed them um okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't really prepared for that um. But I don't. I don't have a ton to say about the movie. Um, I, I'm a fan. Uh, I, I did. I did like it. I think I gave it three stars. Um, but I think it's it's nowhere near the awesomeness of the first movie. Okay. Um, and I I definitely want to see a complete trilogy. But like, I think the only way they should do it is if, if the first one came out in 2009 and the sequel came out in 2019. I think the only way they should do this, the third movie is if they release it in 2029. Oh, God, <laughs> just wait another 10 years. Jesus. <laughs> just because. Just because. Just because. <laughs> like, I just think it'd be funny to see, you know, like a 30 year old Abigail Breslin and a 75 right. year old Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. It would just be funny. Yeah. Um, that um, would be, I would be all for that, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't have much else to say about okay. it, really. Were you ever aware of the TV pilot? That's right. From I think 2013, I think. Yeah, um, it, it it didn't it didn't get picked up, right? No. Yeah. Um, it was I believe it was a TV pilot that was for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was part back when Amazon did their um TV pilot kind of pilot season thing where you could vote on. Like if you liked the pilots and that would presumably lead to Amazon's decision to, uh, to pick it up or not. Okay. Um, really interesting concept and everything that I'm so bitter that they stopped doing because the Dark Tower movie or the Dark Tower TV show did not get picked up. Right. Right. (laughs) And we will never see that pilot episode. Yeah. Um, that would be great, but, uh, we'll talk more about that on Tower Junkies eventually. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, I was looking at the trivia for (laughs) Zombieland, the TV show. I remember downloading it in watching like the first like five minutes of it and being like, I don't like this. <laughs> um, uh, I remember someone in an office building and jumping out a window, I think. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, um, this piece of trivia from IMDb is kind of funny. Um, Rhett Reese, uh, writer of Zombieland took to Twitter and blamed the fans for the series, not continuing on as he had hoped. <laughs> he was quoted as saying on Twitter, quote, you guys have successfully hated it out of existence. <laughs> so that's Jeez. something. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I'll eventually check out Double Tap. Um, yeah. I just, on one hand, I, I mean, I love the original, but, uh, I just don't really have any inclination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is because, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, I just saw something that makes me immediately want to watch this. Um, anyway, um, part of this is just exhausted from zombie stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it peaked. It's peaked for yeah. sure. And, uh, it's, it's, oh, it was oversaturated for a long time. And mm-hmm. it's, it, I think zombie, the zombie land sequel was an unfortunate victim of that. I think, okay. I think at least to some degree. Okay. Yeah. But I just found out that Zoe Deutsch, isn't it? 
Yes, she's great. I love her so much. I think I've seen her in something else, but I can't remember. She was in Set It Up on Netflix. Unbelievably charming. Really? Like, okay. Just, it's a charming Netflix rom-com. I just recently watched her in Flower, um, mm. which was a movie, uh, a sexually curious teen forms an unorthodox kinship with her mentally unstable stepbrother. Mm. Um, just really good performance from her. Um, and really like that movie is very interesting, uh, because it goes to some very interesting places and I want to say it was, um, let's see. I don't know if he is related to who I think he is related to, but the, uh, director, yes, the director is one Max Winkler, who is, oh. uh, the son of, uh, the Fawns, Henry Winkler. Interesting. So yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was your last extended appropriate. That was my last one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I will go ahead. There are some movies that I've seen recently that I think Kirsten and I are going to talk about. So I'll save, I'll stay tuned to next ish episode for talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Birds of Prey and probably her thoughts on 1917. Okay. Um, but the thing that I want to round us out with is, uh, let's go with Fantasy Island. Um, <laughs> so I wrote, I've been writing a lot of reviews on the website and Fantasy Island is one of them. Uh, Fantasy Island is a movie that is a, um, man, I, I don't know what I expected. Um, but it, it didn't do much for me. I'm stalling as I bring up the page. Um, for it. So here we go. Uh, Fantasy Island is, uh, oh God. Okay. A group of, con- uh, a group of contest winners arrive at the, at an island hotel to live out their dreams only to find themselves trapped in nightmare scenarios. Um, directed by Jeff Wadlow and starring Michael Pena, Maggie Q and Lucy Hale. Um, it is a Blumhouse production and co-production of Sony pictures, I think. So, Man, this movie was, I wrote a review on the website, check it out, show notes, obsessedviewer.com, all that. Um, I never, did you ever see, or are you familiar at all with the 80s, 70s and 80s show Fantasy Island? Not at all. Okay. The only thing I know about it is the, is Tattoo and, and the plane, the plane thing. Um, so I don't know if it was, a thriller person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my interpretation of it is that it was more dramatic than anything. I know that there are like the, the, the fantasies like have like kind of, uh, negative spins to them, but fantasy on is build and, and, uh, create like it is presented as a thriller. Um, okay. And it is totally inconsistent. Um, and way too many characters with way too many fantasies. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah, honest. I, I want to stop short of calling it a garbage movie, Okay. but it's kind of a garbage movie. Okay. <laughs> um, it is, like I said, it's totally inconsistent. Um, there are several different characters who have several different fantasies. Each of those fantasies have a different, like, tone and genre unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So Maggie Q's fantasy is to, um, is to relive or, or revisit a, her biggest re- regret and make the right choice. And her biggest re- regret is saying no to a proposal. <laughs> and so that, that's one of the fantasies. Um, <laughs> the always delightful Ryan Hansen from, uh, um, 
ah, uh, party down, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, he and his brother are, um, like their fantasy is to party at a mansion with a bunch of models. Um, <laughs> and then Lucy Hales is to get revenge on, uh, uh, on her bully. Uh, this other guy's fantasy is to be a soldier. So like we get like, wow. We get like a party movie, we get an action movie, we get a, a lot going thriller, on horror, torture movie. Yeah. It's so much. And like, I can respect the movie for trying to tie them all together. And it goes to some places that are a little bit surprising or would be more surprising if I gave a shit about the movie. <laughs> um, but I really didn't. I will say, you can read my review. I won't, I, honestly, I'm not really that proud of the review, but, um, cause I just wanted to get my thoughts out there and just be done. But it's, it's really a kind of nothing movie for me. And I will say that, um, it takes, so, so this movie is, you know, it is a uh, 109 minutes long. So it's over an hour and a half. Yeah. Less than two hours. Um, I will say that this movie, is the longest walk from like point A of the movie to point B with point B being a, a reference, like a, a reference to the show, I guess. I, that's okay. not really spoilery, but like the movie goes to great lengths to set up something that is not worth the lengths that it went to set it up. <laughs> and it is, it is comical how, like, and yeah. I kind of liked it. <laughs> like, when I pieced it together, I was like, oh, that's why this thing happened. This is why this line of dialogue was spoken at this, this time, <laughs> because they were leading up to this one thing that is not worth the effort <laughs> at all. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was really, I don't know. That was a very, that was kind of a special moment. Um, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Yeah. It was not good. And yeah. like, like there was, okay. I'll, I'll, Michael Rooker is also in this movie. Uh, again, it's another, it's another genre. Like he's a guy that's in the wilderness and he's going to help save the group from like fantasy Island, essentially. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just, it's so. Like there's contrivances all around, like, uh, like characters literally, like a line of dialogue is he like, uh, like literally I'll be vague for spoilers and everything, but, um, like a line of dialogue was he just did that so that we can, so that we can escape, like saying outright, like this happened so that we can escape instead of just saying like, like just letting it breathe and letting it be. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Fantasy Island was not that good. I'm. I have higher hopes for the Invisible Man next week that we're going to see. So, okay. Also Blumhouse. So, uh, we'll see. Um, I think cool. that should do it for yeah. this episode. That was a good potpourri. It was. It was, it's been a while. So I'm, I'm glad that we did this, Tiny. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So having said that, we're next time. I don't know what we're doing. Um, probably Kirsten and I talking about a bunch of stuff. Um, We'll figure it out. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Once again, check out patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and check out Tower Junkies. We're releasing some more stuff slowly but steadily and we're getting close to when I believe, um, the Twilight Zone 
the new Twilight Zone is coming out, so I'm going to have to wake up Anthology. <laughs> mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, check out the website. I've been posting more reviews. Ben has been posting reviews. It's uh, it's a good time to uh, to to consume our content. That it is. Yes. So yeah. yeah. So tiny. Any last words uh, for no. this episode? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Well, th- yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. So finally, I had some time to myself and I watched it by myself. Nice. Um, But I think the concept of like shared dreams and like doing stuff in dreams would be a really cool TV show. Totally. You might say the Cobcept. Uh, yeah you said that yeah i always thought it would be cool to have the obsessive viewer podcast is edited and produced by matt hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com for a full archive of our episodes go to obsessiveviewer.com slash ov archive you can also like our facebook page and join the ov facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny and follow our recurring co-hosts at i am mike white that's me at ra feckus and at burger underscore lurker if you enjoy the show please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on apple podcasts this is the easiest way to support what we do and all it costs is a little bit of your time if you'd like to donate to the podcast you can make a paypal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official obsessive viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at towerjunkiespod.com and at towerjunkiespod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Kitty!